Welcome in to another edition of Divorce Force Podcast. My name is Adam, and I'm very excited to introduce today's guests. I have Lou Everett and Sherry McManus on the line, and they are from the Lou Everett Group, are known for their highly effective coaching, teaching, and speaking on important personal growth and how it impacts our influence as a leader with more than four decades of combined experience in training, coaching, and leadership. They have also received training and mentoring from well-known and successful coaches and teachers from the likes of Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Brian Tracy, John Maxwell, Jack Canfield, and many more. And they are certified leadership coaches and corporate trainers. Please welcome Lou Everett and Sherry McManus, everybody. What's happening, Adam? Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, how's it going? Um, You know, I'm glad to have you guys on. You know, you've had a lot of experience in uh, the coaching world and, you know, the corporate environment. So, you know, how do you guys, how did you guys get started in it? And, you know, tell me where that journey started for the both of you. Yeah, I think we both have a little bit of an individual story there. But <laughs> yeah, I think when it comes down to anything that you actually begin doing that's something that you love to do is you uh, you failed a lot at it, then you became really successful at it, and then you saw other people failing at it, and you're like, hey, I think I can help them, and I love what I do. So you kind of fall into that, right? So it's kind of uh, kind of the same pattern as what we did. Um, for me, when I was uh, younger, about 12 years old or so, maybe even a little younger, my I wasn't allowed to listen to my own music in the car when my mom was at <laughs> school or, you know, dropped me off with my friend's house. You know, it was, it was John Maxwell tapes or Zig Ziglar tapes or, you know, cassette tapes of, uh, of Tony Robbins. Uh, my mom put that in instead. So at a very young age, I had this, uh, you know, my mom kind of in, uh, indoctrinated me in the whole idea of development. Um, and so from, from that young age, I kind of always had that, that desire just didn't really know where it was going to take me. Um, and then of course, over the years has held a different management roles, executive management roles, corporate roles, and realized the, the, that there was a, such a leadership deficit over the years that uh, I needed to play a major part in it in some way. And uh, fortunately, Sherry and I uh, have done that. Um, started our first business in 2005 and here we are again, uh, here we are now. So that's a real quick glimpse as to how I kind of got into it. I kind of fell into it on the, uh, on the job, quote unquote job scale, uh, and was doing it for other people, and realized I've got to, we've got to do something better and bigger uh, for other people besides what we see out there. So mm-hmm. that's my that's my story. And I'm taking. I love it. <laughs> how about how about you? Yeah, yeah, and and for me, you know, my mom always shares a story that uh, when I was younger and I was real little, and um, you know, we had the neighborhood kids and. And we had a good bunch of us that would go out and, and play games. And here I was the littlest one out of all of them and, and <laughs> telling everyone else what to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I, so I obviously had Boss this, lady. yeah, I was kind of a little bossy <laughs> at that time. And, and I, uh, I, I kind of fell into these roles of, of using my influence uh, of inspiring others or just leading them wherever we needed to go. Um, and, definitely used it not for the greater good. I have definitely taken advantage of that. Uh, but as I got older and gotten into personal development, that really turned me around of how um, 
uh, how precious that is and, and using our influence for the greater good uh, on, a, on a bigger impact can impact people in such a positive way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's the way I want to be. And that's what I want to stay with that. So I kind of just like Lou, you know, kind of fell into these roles that that happened to to be in, in those type of positions. And, and that was a great responsibility. Um, and then, you know, just kind of evolved over over that time and, and stuck with it. Yeah, um, I, I love it. And um, Lou, you mentioned, you know, Tony Robbins, obviously, he's, I mean, if, if people, if people listening to the podcast do not know it's Tony Robbins, he's a phenomenal speaker. He's, you know, incredible, incredible stuff. Um, yeah. So talk about, you know, what, you know, obviously he's he's been around a while, but he, you know, he gives off this persona and this ability to understand everybody. So talk about that and trying to also teach people that and have that kind of mindset when you're dealing, whether it's a corporate environment or, you know, teaching individuals, you know, on a personal level as well. Yeah, it's a good question. See, now, if you really take a look at, <clears throat> excuse me, Tony Robbins and how he, um, how he operates, and he, he's trained, he's taught this over the years too, <laughs> uh, being able to uh, how to connect with people, right, and how to how to how to be able to copy and mo- and and mimic their communication style. He's 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 brilliant at at being able to explain that and how to do it. And what makes him so influential and so good at that is because he listens and he builds trust. Uh, that that is really ultimately what I believe it comes down to. Um, he listens and he builds trust. And when you listen to somebody and you build trust in them, they're going to be willing to share with you what they know. And literally, that's what happens, right? And just like Tony Roberts, myself, I've learned from that. And that that if you listen, you learn something. You realize, wait a second, I don't really know what I don't know until I hear it. And then now I've known something I didn't know before, and I've built a connection with somebody. And that's really the whole point is building a connection with somebody so that they actually listen to you. Not because they have to, but because they want to. Exactly. Tony Robbins is an expert at it. (laughs) Exactly. You hit the key nail there. You you try to listen. Um, And a lot of times, you know, you know, with college students too, trying to navigate, you know, their post-graduation life, whether it's looking for jobs or opportunities, you know, sometimes they they might think that there's this one straight line to success, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. you have to be open and listen to other avenues because, you know, if you're not listening to different, obviously there's, you know, not everybody, right? You got to surround yourself with um, people who want you to level up, right? Because right. um, if you're always with the negative Nancys, mm-hmm. uh, that can be detrimental, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. Matter of fact, Jim Rohn, Jim Rohn said it well, that you're the average of the five people that you spend most of your time with. So who you select hmm. to be around and be around uh, and, and be with, you're that average. So you think about it. If those that are around me are, you know, I've, uh, that are uh, making you know forty thousand dollars a year, maybe, uh, and and they're you know just kind of getting by and not really happy in their job and uh, or in their life for that matter, and 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 you got basically all five people that are similar to that. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to make forty thousand dollars a year, and you're going to be miserable in life and a professional. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> so, 
So you need to might need to adjust that influence that you have around you, who you are allowing to speak into your life, right? For sure, for sure. And why do you think, you know, especially like Kotler, there's always going to be clicks, right? People that we're comfortable hanging around with. So how do you break that? And how do you get, particularly, especially when college students are getting ready to graduate and embark on their career after graduation, how do you get them to be open to not always go with the people they might be always comfortable hanging around with? Mm -hmm. Good question. Good question. Do you have any ideas on that one? Yeah. What do you suggest? Yeah. So my suggestion, because I, I fell into that trap, I'll be honest. You know, <laughs> uh, I mean, I did. And, and you know, I put her, you know, and, and I just really took a step back and I just looked at those those type of people that where they were going or maybe not going. And I, I don't know, I just really took a step back and went, is this really where my life wants to go? Um, and I took the plunge and actually, you know, I'm originally from upstate New York. So I did it two years and uh, graduated uh, my community college. And I, I've surrounded myself, unfortunately, with those type of people that they weren't going anywhere. Um, but I just knew deep down that there was something bigger for me. I wanted a greater impact. And so I, I moved. I went to Pennsylvania, finished out my schooling and graduated in two and a half years uh, with the with the degree. And needless to say, I don't like I disconnected from all of that. Um, I just did. And unfortunately, you know, the stories that, you know, if you come back home or anything like that, that they really were in the same position as they were the the two years or whatever, you know, the time mm -hmm. has passed, they were in the same situation. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I was like, I mean, to each his know, own, right? Yeah. I mean, if that's what you want to do in your life, but when when it comes down to it, making making the making the conscious and intentional decision where you want to be, not just today but long term. Like, where do you see yourself? Not necessarily in a job or in a role. Mm -hmm. It's where do you? What does success look like to you? If you if you start to have that picture, what does success look like for you? And I, and I encourage every one of your listeners to write this down. What does success look like to you? Does it look like You've uh, you own your own home, and you you've you've planted yourself where you really want to be. That you found a group of people that you can that you can learn from and rely upon. Does it mean that that you have a family? Whatever that is, iron that out so you can see it. But then, in, in order really for it to happen, you've got to begin to feel it. And the way you begin to feel it is starting to eliminate the things that are not in harmony with what that successful future looks like. Which means a lot of times taking an inventory of the people that you're allowing to speak into your life. When yeah, you get well, that, you got to make decisions. You got to make changes. Yeah, I love that. I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head there. And to follow up uh, with that, um, Sherry, I want to ask, because obviously the work environment, um, culture is important, right? Culture mm -hmm. is huge. It's a huge part of a company, right? I mean, especially now, um, I mean, always important, ever-changing. Um, so how, especially in the work environment, like when you spend a lot of time with people on the daily basis, whether it's in-person, virtual, how do you 
what's a good what are some good practices for organizations to avoid clicks in the workplace so that everybody feels welcome and valued within an organization? Mm. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So so <laughs> what can we so what can we do, right? And and clicks are gonna happen, right? I mean, <laughs> just because you're out of high school doesn't mean the clicks don't happen in the workforce. It just does. Natu- people naturally gravitate to what feels comfortable and to them and and then and you'll and you'll see that and that's that's really human nature on that however it's important as a leader to to be aware of of that going on and if too many of the same type of people are not mingling with other type of people and there's this like weird you know silos and distance <laughs> and you know it happens and and i mean i i was a state worker for seven years an employee so i get that silos um you know and in a corporate environment it was it was almost the same way it's silo like well it's not my job it's their job you know it's like <laughs> you know and you're pointing fingers at each other but it's so important um as a leader because lou and i both have been in environments where the leader chose to bring those walls down and to bring those silos down and really encouraged, um, you know, empowering them as, as individuals, empowering them as, as people and as a team. And, you know, many brains are better than one brain. <laughs> you know, everybody has their own perspective, has their own experiences. So, so really as a, as a leader and you can, and you don't have to be that positional leadership style. That's, that's not, not what we're talking about here. We're talking about using your influence and, and reach out to those folks that you're maybe never really talked to before because you just don't know them, right? Something different. We tend to coil away. We're like, well, that, that's just, that's just not me or that's just different. We're like, well, how do you know you haven't talked to that person? So really just, you know, one at a time, just have a conversation and you'll be pleasantly surprised that when, you know, as much as we think that we're different, we're actually alike. Uh, it's just different perspectives. So I think that's the number one thing is is to really reach out to someone that you haven't really had much of a conversation with and take an inventory of yourself going, well, why haven't I reached out to that person? Why not just have a conversation with them? You'll be surprised. And many times it's, it's it, it, as a leader, you might be managing a large group of people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at the executive level and managed over 500 people almost. And so you can't, but you have other managers that actually manage those teams individually. So it's difficult sometimes as a leader to really get to know people on that personal level. Mm-hmm. However, that's why you have those that you lead that are also leaders by trying to encourage them to, Go to those that they lead and provide them opportunities to be able to speak, to be able to share their knowledge and experiences, uh, because that will not just open up the avenue for uh, a better cultured work environment, but it also opens up the ability for you as a manager and as a leader to say who could possibly be a good fit in the succession plan, mm-hmm. right? Who can be leaders? Who can be managers? Who have these certain qualities that we might we might be able to bring in and sharpen up to 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 move on, move this company forward when I'm no longer here, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head there about you know reaching out to somebody is huge. I mean, obviously in the day of of Zoom and Slack, um, you know, you may be a message away, and it's like, oh, you 
you may work in a different department, but big picture thinking, managers like people who can problem solve. So if you can not only understand your job, you can understand the whole business, you have a better chance of getting promoted, right? Mm -hmm. Sure, right. It's all about influence. It's all about influence. And, and just because you're not necessarily in a leadership position doesn't mean you don't and you cannot influence those around you. People, people follow you, even peers, right? We call I call that peer-to-peer leadership, peer-to-peer <laughs> influence. Yeah, you're on the same level. People don't have to follow you, but they follow you because they, they want to because of how you are, how you perform, what you know, your willingness to share, your willingness to listen. And when your peers follow you, then that begins to now influence up. That begins now to influence and be known to others that are above you that say, well, why is this person so influential? That is how you really move, quote unquote, up in any organization is by the influence that you have, not just with those that you work with, but how you can influence up uh, to to the upper leadership. Right. Because they don't have to follow you at all. Yeah. <laughs> but you want to get them to follow you because they want to. That's that's the challenge there. Yeah, for sure. And and talk about the challenges with that. Obviously, when you're, you know, whether it's big, small, medium sized company, you know, you get into a role and you get into the day to day of that. Um, talk about the, some of the strategies for, you know, somebody who wants to level up and get that promotion. Um, talk about some of the best practices to do that when you're also having to do the day to day and kind of manage that. Um, but also try and figure out ways to, when the time comes, um, you know, your managers, your leadership team does think of you to be a good fit for a promotion. Mm -hmm. Well, it all starts with you, right? I mean, it all started <laughs> when it comes down to any influence or any leadership role, even in life in general, right? We don't have to be in a position of leadership to be a leader uh, and get paid for it to be a leader, right? It's It's all about how we influence those around us, but it all starts and ends with you. So before you can say, you know, I really want to be a leader. I want to manage people and lead people. Well, number one question is why? Define the reason why you want to do that. Because that's going to that's gonna really play a big part in how you go about developing yourself as a leader. Right? It's, it's a matter of how, what, what's your reason? What's your purpose? What is, what, is, what is your purpose? What does your empowered future really look like? See, the, those are things that need to be ironed out before you just jump into, I want to be a leader. Because once you can do that, then you know where to, then, then you can start beginning to develop yourself. So number one, you need to develop yourself. It starts there. And Sherry and I are co-writing a book, and we have a system called Empowerment Leadership, the 10 principles <laughs> that every leader must follow to lead with influence. And the very first principle is the me principle, because it all starts and ends with you as a leader. It's, if you don't develop yourself, don't expect other people to develop you either. And if you can't develop yourself, how are you going to develop others? Because that's the big burden and responsibility of any leader, any, any anyone with any responsibility, is, is leading and uh, leading people also in, includes coaching them, mentoring them, developing them, um, training them, teaching them, uh, coaching them, right? All of that's inclusive to a, a successful, influential leader. Are you prepared to do that? And do you know how to do that? And if not, which most of us don't know right off the top, right? I can tell you a story about how terribly I failed in my first leadership roles. But what do you, what can you do to skip the line, so to speak, in your experiences to to make a bigger impact in a quicker way? 
But it all starts with you. You got to start developing yourself first. That's number one. Yeah, I love that. Um, anything to add to that, uh, Sherry? Yeah, I was just saying to, to be intentional. It's so hard to get caught up in the day-to-day -day activities, and it's not easy. I get it. But if you want to really create an impact and to, let's say you want to move up the food chain, as they say, and I, I came from that philosophy, like, well, I'm going to work my way up. I'm going to be this leader. I'm going to be in this manager role. And that's great. And I did it. But here's what I lacked. I lacked of the intentionality of developing myself along the way, at least not enough. And it's not that, you know, my my leader leadership at that time and looking back to really any of my or even my early career careers, um, it's not like they encouraged it. So no. So. So say if you're getting out of college and you're just like, well, how, what do I do? You know, we want to learn. We get the job. Right. And that's great. You, you learn a lot when you're on the job training. But here's the thing. No one's going to tell you unless you listen to something like this to say, develop yourself, pick up <laughs> a book and and to really and really dive in, learn a little bit and then do a little bit. Right. You can don't be a shelf health book. You can read all the books you want, but if you don't apply it or even share a little bit of that to somebody else, then what's the point, mm -hmm. right? It's not going to stick. And, <laughs> and that's something that you, you have to apply. Um, so that that's the one thing that I wish I dove in a little bit deeper into personal development when I was in college or just out of college, getting my career started. I mean, I was in the field I was supposed to be in. I was great, but mm -hmm. I lacked the in, being intentional of, oh, you know what, let me pick up a book <laughs> and actually start there or listening to something, an audio book, something to keep my mind uh, questioning, being curious, being in that forward thinking versus being closed minded and just be like, well, I got my degree. I'm good. I know everything. <laughs> and <laughs> I just, you know, unfortunately fell into that trap. But, you know, as you go, you, you learn to be, oh, wait, I can really give more than just what my degree says. Mm -hmm. That's all. I would never let, I would never wait. Yeah. If there was anything I could tell my younger self as a leader, it would be don't wait for somebody else to develop me. <laughs> okay. Me, because you're going to be waiting a while unless you're one of the lucky ones. <laughs> Take the initiative yourself and say, what can I do to move in the direction of where, what my success looks like? To me, because we're the creators of that. You see, I'm a big proponent of that, and we could talk about that if you want. But we're I'm a big we're big proponents of of what your thinking is and how your thinking impacts change and how your thinking impacts transformation. And that thinking can make or break your success. And sometimes <laughs> take forever before you can look at it and say, "Oh, this is why," because I didn't know what I didn't know, nor did I really dig deep to find out why. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you talk about that, that why. Um, so why, why do you think, um, obviously, you know, college students, we go to college, we get there, obviously, not everybody figures it out. And when they first get there, let alone, even when they get to walk across that stage, they might not have a clear view yet. But how important is it to find your why, not only in your professional life, but personal life, and make those connections and kind of bridge the two together so that, you know, it's kind of a harmony and 
you know, obviously work and life, it's they a lot of times they connect. I mean, a lot of times they overlap. So mm-hmm. talk about that harmony between finding your why, um, whether it's professionally or uh, professionally or personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. good. That's good. Well, see, identifying your why or purpose might be another another way to look at it, too, because why yeah. is kind of intertwined. But the why is important because we have to understand why is that our purpose, right? And, you know, it's not as complicated as many of us think. We don't, unfortunately, in college, we're not taught this. We're not taught these power skills that really should know to survive, you know, and <laughs> we're just not. And so understanding your why provides you the ability then to say, okay, well, if this is my why, this is my reason for being uh, personally, because that's going to develop you professionally. So you may not necessarily know what you want to quote unquote do for when you grow up or do for a job, but you don't have to know that to understand your why, because your why can help guide you in the direction of what you're actually going to do for a career or for your professional life. I look at it like this. So if you take a look, and I just I was, I was talking to a client today about this. We we're talking about, uh, I, you know, how, how to. How to by creating a vision, understanding where you where where you what that success looks like, as I mentioned before, be able to write that down. What does success for me look like with no limits? If, if I could not fail, what does that look like, right? And so when you iron that out, and then having that in place, it's like it's like Jerry and I went on our first cruise a couple of years, well, probably almost three years ago now, and <laughs> we went on our first cruise and went to the Caribbean. And you know, it was it was by far I, I absolutely loved it. It was I fell in love with the whole cruise thing. <laughs> I love the, the water, how clear it was, all that stuff, right? We see, before, though, we went on the cruise. I've never been on one. I've never been there. We took and we were looking at pictures and images of areas that we're going to be visiting, and we looked up what the weather is supposed to be like, what places we're going to go so we can prepare what to, what clothes to bring and what we're going to do every day, all <laughs> that preparation, even though we've not we've not been there yet. So what do we do when we kind of want to go on a vacation? We always do this, right? We do two things. What's the weather like? What should I wear? Everybody does that. Every single person will do that when you're no matter where you're going to go. And then the next thing you're going to do is a couple of days before or even maybe earlier than that, you're going to start preparing by getting your clothes together, pulling out your suitcases, pulling out your bags that you're going to be using to travel with. And then the night before, you might be packing it all up, right? All the stuff that you need because you've planned ahead for it. And then you pack it all up, preparing for what you're going to encounter. Finding out and understanding what your why is, is just like that. You've got to see where, you're, where you want to be first. Then you begin to feel where you want to be because you begin envisioning being there, just like on, on this little vacation we went to. And then you know what to do now at this point. Okay, now how do I prepare to get there? Then all of a sudden, if you live within that moment, and connect with people that can help you with those steps, now you have the ability to, quote, unquote, pack for the journey. Yeah, I love that. Um, talk about being prepared and and doing your research. So, I mean, how crucial is that to, to get, you know, to the why? I mean, obviously, um, you know, we're in graduation season now. Mm-hmm. Um so how important is it to plan? Obviously, not all plans go accordingly, mm-hmm. uh, but how important is it to do those little things? Um, because eventually you might get a break or you, it might lead to something really, really uh, big and successful. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, again, it's I think it's extremely important. It's that that is when you're starting off in any next level journey, right? I mean, you go to college, that's one journey. And just like anything else, unfortunately, you don't learn every single thing necessary to be successful. You get a foundation, you get what you need to do, uh, uh, um, you know, when it comes down to uh, understanding academics to get yourself prepared so you can get the degree. Uh, but then but then what do you do with the rest with your life? What do you do with that? I mean, that's really the ultimate important thing, right? No matter where you go after school, after college, whether you go to one job or one career, or you change direction, go to another career, or you go to move and go to a different state. Guess what? The only the only one factor that remains the same in every single situation in your journey is you. Everything else can be changed, whether you want it to or not. Sometimes. So by developing you, then you're always going to be prepared for the next level in the journey. And even if you're not fully prepared for something that may have surprised you, you know what to fall back on because you've continued to develop yourself. How do you do that? You ask. That's another terrible thing after college, <laughs> asking for help. Yeah. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> we get too proud and we don't want anybody to tell us what to do what we cannot do and it's not about that you want to, you don't want someone to tell you what to do what not to do but wouldn't it be nice if you knew a certain people that you can reach out to to say can you just give me some clarity <laughs> right provide a little clarity i used this analogy the other day about windshield wipers you ever uh, Adam, you ever you ever drive uh, in a in your car and windshield wipers that are old and they need to be replaced? They yes. Kind of still, but they're you know it's like you can't quite see, but it's, you can see well enough and just deal with it for as long as you can. Yes. And then finally, you're just like either one of two things happen: your car can't get inspected, so you have no choice but to change them, or you realize, man, this is getting so bad. I, it, it rained really bad one night, and I got to change this before I die. Uh, and you change them. Now, what is the difference between? the windshield wipers you had before and the windshield wipers that you just put on that are brand new. There are windshield wipers that might've been the exact same brand. What's the difference between them? Uh, one's, I mean, one's working to its full capacity. The other was worn down and, um, old needed to be replaced. Yeah. One exactly. And because of that one caused you not to be able to see with clarity even though you were in the situation. The other one, by just changing the one simple little thing, the windshield wipers, out of this huge one-ton vehicle, all of a sudden now you can see with clarity. Hmm. Just by changing one thing. You see, and that's that's exactly what it is like being successful and leading a successful life. But you're not going to do that if you cannot define where it is you want to be. No, not, you know, it, it's not easy, but just it's only not easy because a lot of times what we've been told in our life. This is the reality. College is confusing. <laughs> we go to college at an age where life is confusing anyway. Right. And we get we jump in there. And we get here. These all these different opinions. And now we've got to make a decision. And we always wait to make that decision about anything we believe in the day before graduation. OK. <laughs> And we, and that's, and that's the reason why it's confusing. That's, and that's okay, but there's too much out there, and too many opportunities out there to be able to connect with the right people, yes. get the right guidance, than, than to not. Yeah, I love that. Um, 
definitely hit the nail on the head there. And I want to talk about, you know, negative thinking and those that noise, I call it, uh, because it is noise. Obviously, all our thoughts we have they may not always uh, be positive, and that's okay. Uh, we're all human, right? Um, mm-hmm. But how can we filter out, you know, those negative those emotion or feelings about a challenge or difficulty and get and continue to have a positive mindset um, because it really is not just about, like you mentioned, it starts with yourself, but mm-hmm. it's also that consistency and always trying to have a more optimistic approach uh, regardless if something bad or uh, something good happens. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'll chime in on this one. So, so really is is to put yourself into positive and we're talking about positivity, right? Well, it, it's uh, it comes down to habits. What are you doing every day, even a little bit every day, to keep yourself in the right mind frame and that right mindset? So, for example, um, a lot of the great great uh, successful people out there. What they do is they have a morning ritual. They get up in the morning. They get up early. They take a moment and they may do meditation, um, some type of just kind of centeredness, and to really visualize their day and their intentions of the day. Some people um, big into journaling. Um, people do that in the morning. Some people do that at night or even both. Um, those are all great habits. And then they proceed their day. Because if you think about it, how many times your alarm goes off and you're like, oh, crap, I got to go to work or I got to go to school or I got to go to class. And then you just kind of rush through your day and, you know, you, sh- you know, chug some coffee and go. <laughs> and, and you've and now back up and be like, wait a minute, why don't I get up just even a half hour before my alarm or when I should get up and go and get up and take a moment to breathe uh, enjoy my cup of coffee and then progress on your day. That seems, you know, when you have a good start to your day, your day just flows a little bit better. Not to say it can't go sideways during the day, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, does think about the days that you were rushed in the morning. You're like, oh my gosh, my alarm didn't go off. You're rushed and you feel like you're chasing the day. Whereas if you get up and being more intentional in the morning, and have a have an idea. This is what I need to get done. Um, looking forward, you know, it just just being intentional kind of it flows the rest of the day. And you can do this in the evening too. Um, gratitude is big. What you learn during the day. What are some What are some uh, Let's say wins and losses, as I say, or defeats. Or what What did I What did I learn? Was there lessons that I learned today? Or, and the big thing with me, I reflect every evening. And I said, who did I give value to? Or maybe somebody gave value to me. Mm-hmm. And I write that down. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's just one thing. So there's so many things that we can do. And they're little things. It doesn't cost money. It just costs to our little bit of a time and to be intentional. Five minutes in the morning, maybe five minutes at night, just something. And eventually it comes into a habit, just like, you know, how many times for, for health and wellness, right? For shedding the weight when we want to lose weight, well, we need to get into a habit, right? We need to eat a little bit better. We need to make better choices. We need to 
maybe just go for a walk, something to get get our bodies moving. And eventually, over time, and that compounds, then you'll start shedding the weight. Mm -hmm. that. See, it's all it's all about how you think, right, Adam? It's all about thinking. It's all about your thoughts, positive or negative. That's really what you become. Uh, if anyone who out there has not read anything by James Allen, I recommend you do. James Allen, As a Man Thinketh. It is a 26-page powerhouse of deep of deep information about our thoughts and the power that we have over our thinking. I promise you, you're not going to be able to read it in one sitting. It'll take you a little while because, <laughs> because of it. And one of, the, one of the quotes that he states, there's a couple of things he states in there, but one of the ones that's big that James Allen says about thinking, he says, as a man thinketh, so he is. As he continues to think, so he remains. See, what we, what we think, we are, we become. There are things, the unfortunate part about nowadays and today in the world that we live in, is we as humans have this desire, even though we don't want to, we tend to gravitate towards worrying about things that we cannot control. Uh -huh. Always. We spend time and energy listening and allowing these voices to speak into our head from the media or people around us or whatever it might be. And we get worked up and anxious and, and our negativity begins. And, and then we start looking down on ourselves and we, we don't know where we're going to go. I have nowhere to you see, these are the things that happen, and we have complete control over our thoughts. That is not anything, that is something that nobody can take away unless we allow them to. That is completely under our control. Uh, James Allen in the As a Man Thinketh, on the, in the first chapter, he, he connects it to a garden. And, and I want to read something to you here. He says that a man's mind may be likened to a garden which may be intelligently cultivated or allowed to run wild, but whether cultivated or neglected, it must and will bring forth. If no useful seeds are put into it, then the abundance of useless weed seeds will fall therein and will continue to produce their kind. So we've got to replace the unuseful or no, the unuseful seeds with the the useful ones. It just takes intentionality, just as Sherry said before, being intentional and taking a certain, basically taking an inventory of who we have allowed to speak into our life or what and make the necessary changes, especially if they're not in harmony with what our empowered future looks like. We're the only ones that can control that. Yeah, I love that. Um, and talk about, obviously, um, you know, it starts with us, right? Uh, us as the individual. And talk about nature versus nurture. How much does family have influence? Obviously, we grew up in certain environments. Um, everybody has their own background, where they came from. Um, how much does that, you know, affect or have any bearing on the outcome of someone's future and do you see sometimes that, you know, they might come from a background, they're comfortable in that background, and that kind of it kind of hinders their ability to take that step forward uh, to a better to a better future. Mm -hmm. That influence is definitely a big thing. It should it should never be it should never be downplayed on the impact 
that someone's past, even uh, if family or otherwise, has influenced on their life. And this is what I have seen and we have seen over the years. And I can give you a couple stories here to kind of to, to kind of develop that mm -hmm. is while we're younger as children, we can't control that influence, really. We don't as children, we don't really have the ability to manage or control that environment sometimes, mm -hmm. most of the time. So unfortunately, there are times where we're just as we got older, it begins to impact us in a negative way. However, it goes right back to thought. It goes right back to thinking. What can we control and what can't we control? Yes, we can control our thoughts. The question is how? It's okay to seek help for that. That's okay to get guidance and coaching and counseling if necessary. That is okay because that's who that, that is what's going to help us to transform into the into that empowered future that we want to be in. But we have control over it. It certainly affects it and impacts it. But the amazing thing about the human mind is that we have the ability to expand it, to challenge it, to stretch it, and to truly become anything we want to be. And that's the power of thought, right? Is the reality of it is, Adam, and I believe this solely 100%. If you can think the thought, then you can do it. The thought would never enter your mind if you were incapable of making it happen. We just wouldn't. A, a perfect example of this, right? I mean, there's, you look at any invention that when you find out about the invention, like, how come I didn't think of that? Right? Well, the reason we didn't think about it is because we weren't the ones meant to create that. If the thought enters your mind, you can create it. Now, you may have your second thoughts. You may feel like, I don't know if I can. Maybe the self-confidence thing goes in. But that, that's different, right? It's not that you can't do it. It's because you're limiting yourself. And now you have the self-limiting beliefs. So now you can address those. But yes, family, backgrounds, all that can impact our thoughts. But the thoughts are flexible and can be changed and can be transformed. If there's anything at all that your listeners feel like they have, that they have no control over, if, uh, this is reality, right? I'm sure Sherry will agree with this. There's times in your life you don't feel you're in control of anything. And right around the time that you're graduating college, you don't feel like you're in control of anything. Okay. If there's anything that you do have control over, I will promise you it is your thinking. That is what you need to control then. Manipulate that in a way that's going to bring you to where it is that you see your success going. Don't, dis don't disregard your past. Those are great lessons. Fantastic lessons. My father, my father grew up in a terribly abusive, uh, abusive household. His father was extremely abusive. Physically and verbally. Him and his mother, his mother and his father divorced at a very young age. And he, would, he moved back and forth with his mother and his father. And his mother was, and, and they were they were very poor. Father was very poor as well. My father, as he got older, he learned his lessons the hard way. But as he got older, he even quit school. He had his first child at 16. Quit school. So he, he take control of what he has to do, right? And, and because of because of the upbringing and the influence, the impact around him, it led him down a path that he had he felt like he had no control over. But then, 
he realized he had control. Went back, got his GED. Went to college. Went into the military. Retired from the military. Fought for the, fought for our great country in Vietnam. Okay, and and he owned his own business and became very successful. My mother on the opposite side, very similar. Grew up in a in a household that there was some abuse there. She moved out when she was young. Graduated high school barely. Then she had us kids. Him, my, my dad and her had us kids. She never had a chance to go to school. She always wanted to go to college. She always wanted to get a degree. Well, all the kids grew up, moved out of the house. Now she had an opportunity, and she was not going to stop that opportunity because she controls her thoughts. So she went, got her bachelor's degree in 50s, continued on her master's degree in her late 50s, got her master's degree in her 50s, and didn't stop there, and got her doctorate degree in her 60s. Wow. And wrote her first book. So let me tell you, yes, it impacts your, your life, impacts your family life. People around you can impact what your thoughts are, but you have complete control of how your thoughts guide you into your successful future. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And, and talk about, um, I mean, obviously, um, you may, you, you know, your parents have made tremendous strides there and, and got control. Um, for those who are struggling uh, to, to get that control, uh, you know, what advice would you give those individuals as far as, trying to get that control and understanding that, um, you know, to improve their futures who are, you know, still trying to figure that out. Yeah. Get a coach. <laughs> yeah. Get, 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 get with a mentor or a coach a if you can. Someone that has the, that's, you know, that, that has, uh, that can help you to see what you can't see. And, and even, even before then though, but you're like, well, how do I connect with? Well, people are listening on this on this podcast. There's us. We can refer you to people too if we're not a fit. And there's just people around you you can ask. But even outside of that, pick up pick up a book that focuses on your development, that allows you to see clarity. Uh, one of our favorites that we actually have a mastermind uh, alliance coming up on that we're going to be doing. It's going to be in June is our goal. Um, and we can make sure y'all have the link to that to register if you want to. Um, and that is on that is based on uh, the 15 invaluable laws of growth by John Maxwell, which talks about the different laws of of our of life of our life that we have control over and how we, we we take one at a time to develop who we are and get our get our think control of our thinking back to avoid limiting beliefs, be more intentional, right? Uh, to, to kind of see things with with a different view, different lens. Uh, than that we may have been seeing up to this point if if we're being blocked. So doing things like that to develop yourself is what's going to help you get control of your thoughts and to be able to manipulate those thoughts to guide you in the direction of what your empowered future is and what it looks like, which you've got to start somewhere. And I just say, anybody right now that's listening, take out a piece of paper or on your computer, whatever you like doing the best, <laughs> and write down, what does my successful future look like to me? With no limits. If there were no limits and you could not fail, what does that successful future look like? That's where you start. Because you have to have a vision of where you want to go before you can get there. Right? 
It, just like we packed up for that vacation. We had a picture yeah. where we were going to go. We knew we were going to go there. Now we know what to do. To, now we know what to pack up to get there. So that's where it starts. Yeah, um, I love that. It's definitely uh, great advice. Um, so you guys work with, you know, a lot of individuals. You've been in corporate environments. Um, you know, with things getting back uh, to semi-normal, uh, mm-hmm. if you will, what are what are today's uh, workers concerned with the most? And what are, you know, what are leadership uh you know, what are they focused on as we try to move forward, you know, past the pandemic? Mm-hmm. It's a good question. For people, workers, employees going back to the workplace, they're, they're concerned about quite a few things right now. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you know, particularly if they have children, you've got you've got children now that uh, might be, you know, that, that either finishing up school or going to be having to now go through summer school. Um, or even the upcoming year. Okay, well, upcoming year is coming up, and you know, if you have younger kids that then you might be challenged with it now, they don't qualify for vaccinations, and you want to get them vaccinated, then then they have that trouble. So you got these worries in their mind. If if you don't have ch- if, if you don't have children, you're a graduate of college. You're like, well, how am I going to enter the workforce now during all this mess? Um, and of course, just getting back into what we may have thought used to be. So the challenge will come into play, and it still is coming to play now, is what is normal? <clears throat> and can we really get back to the way it was before? And do we really want to? <clears throat> okay. Uh, so, again, looking at the thinking there. What is the thinking? Um, what, 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 is our, what is our new empowered future look like? And identify what that is. So for employees, a lot of times it's about trust, right? It's about trusting the – as my, are my leaders of my company, do I trust them to make the right decision? For me to either come back to the office or not to come back to the office to do this or where you know, all of these different decisions are put into play. So employees right now have have a lot on their mind when it comes to the the state of their current company and their leadership. But those that truly trust their leaders and the, trust the leadership of the companies they work for, the aren't aren't concerned. But that's because the leadership of those companies have built a strong rapport and and, and built that trust. So that again goes right now to leadership leaders of companies. Right now they're struggling with very similar things, but from now uh, another level. How do we keep everybody safe, but also be able to manage the bottom line so we can keep them employed? Okay, and so and that's a big responsibility. I have answers for both of those scenarios. <laughs> for leadership. How do you, the answer to your question is, 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 comes out of two things, trust and avenues for listening. Provide multiple ways so your employees feel it that instead of just saying it's an open door policy, truly make an open door policy. Provide them an avenue for to be able their voice to be heard and have them trust that their voice is going to be heard and listened to. People won't share their thoughts if, they don't trust you're going to listen to it. You know how you can tell when they come out with the yearly sur- yearly surveys, the yearly oh, the, the famous yearly employee survey. And why? How come only thirty percent of our employees answer? Right. Okay? Well, there you go. There, the reason is because they don't trust you're going to listen. 
If they knew you were going to listen, they'd be banging down your door to tell you. So what can you do as a leader to make sure you build that trust, that relationship with those that you lead so that they want to tell you what they want you to hear? That's what builds strong cultures. So that's what how what I see uh, currently and will continue for quite some time. Um, and culture really is the number one challenge with any company. Yeah. It's just, you know, things like the pandemic, which we call crisis. It's a crisis. Leading through crisis is the biggest challenge of any leader. But we're technically, as leaders, supposed to be built for that. If we've developed ourselves, trained ourselves, we're ready for crisis. And we have to continue on that, too. You know, just because the pandemic, you know, we see a light at the end of the tunnel. We, as leaders in that lens, we got to be prepared for the next crisis mm -hmm. uh, with that. So we just have to be prepared. And with that comes with development, comes with teach ongoing trainings and teachings. Um, get yourself a mentor. Get yourself a coach. Can't stress that enough. You know, uh, coaches need coaches. Mentors need mentors. <laughs> You know, they just do. It's mm -hmm. okay to have people in front of you that maybe a little bit uh, uh, um, more advanced than you. You know, I remember thinking out of college that, you know, I knew everything. I was the expert. Yay. Woo. I got a degree. <laughs> Boy, I was the lowest person on the totem pole. <laughs> you know, and I realized that people ahead of me had so much more wisdom and so much more experience that you're never going to catch up to that. Mm -hmm. And putting our ego aside and just be like, you know what? It's okay. Let me see what I can learn from them. That's right. You need people like that. Yeah. We need people like you that. You need people that are ahead of you that know more than you do. If you mm -hmm. if you don't, if you don't have those people, you're never going to get there. We need someone that, that, that's ahead of us to learn from. So seek that out. Mm -hmm. And then once you learn and you be, be, be more intentional regarding those type of people, then don't forget to, to look back. Don't forget to pass that along and duplicate that. Be like, wow, I know exactly what you're going through. Or I felt very something similar, right? So as you move on and you're out of college and maybe you're in your, into your two, three, four, five years into your work now kind of thing. Well, now it's your time to help those people that are recently graduating. Mm -hmm. And there, you know that feeling of angst and what's going to happen, what's going on, uh, you <laughs> know, and, and why not help them? And maybe be their mentor. Exactly. So, you know, it comes full circle and it really has that, um, you know, it comes back to actually leadership and uh, servant leadership, you mm -hmm. know, and the people centric mind. And yeah. and that is so important. It is. Yeah. And that's a whole topic. We'll probably talk about that for three more hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. Um, you talk about having that serving mentality. Um, and, and one last thing here. Um, I do want to talk and touch on retention and how important is that within a culture. Um, you know, a lot of companies, they they create this promote with, within, mm -hmm. but a lot of companies miss that and they let talented employees, you know, go. And obviously that's, you know, turnover is always going to be something that companies struggle with or happens. Mm -hmm. But how can companies reduce churn on good talent within a company. 
Yeah, again, again, equip I'm gonna them. I'm gonna go back around to equipping, <laughs> equipping and, them and, and listening and giving the bow and the arrow. We use this example yeah. many times. You know, this is a scenario, right? How often does this happen where you know the individual gets promoted based on their metrics, has a little bit of qualities on the leadership side, going, okay, this is potential. They get the position, congratulations, and then that's it. And then six months later, they get fired. Or they quit. Yeah, or they quit because they didn't meet their metrics. They say, congratulations, here's your team, and then walk away. And it stops there. Mm -hmm. And And that's not the employee's fault, necessarily. It is the organization that's not equipping them. You didn't, you set them up for failure. Mm-hmm. You didn't continue on with that. So it's giving someone a bow and, and not the arrow and then tell them to go <laughs> on. Have fun. <laughs> right. Right? Like, like, how is that fair? <laughs> right. And I know it's not about fairness, but, you know, but logically it just, it happens and it happens all too often. And we're here where, you know, many people are in this space and we'll share the same, same uh, thought on it but we need to change that because once we once you have and develop and and keep going multiplying leaders in an organization the people around are so much more happier because mm-hmm. you're getting to the root of the problem and it saves again the retention of people and good people leaving right people want to stay yeah and you know <laughs> and the infection the infection of culture mm-hmm. uh, of negative culture can happen so quickly especially as a company grows and you have good employees that will leave a company because of that infection. And you you can start off well. We've seen this so many times in companies and we've worked with companies like this where I don't really, I don't know what happened. You know, everyone always (laughs) looking here. Well, let's go back. Let's go back and look what's changed. Well, our core values are the same. Our mission's the same. We even, you know, we 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 have our mission not statement on the wall everywhere. <laughs> That's great, you know. What? But now, are you? But are you practicing this? So, do they see this? Do they trust? Do they trust these values? What's changed in the process? And you're going to find that there is this erosion that happens where a company, and we've seen this very specifically with a couple of companies that we've worked with that. They, at one point, their core values, they, the leadership lived by it. Everything they did was lived by it. And the people loved working there because it was lived by, it was exemplified, it was exemplified and it was very successful. And the focus was on the people. And while the bottom line was important, they realized if I focus on the people and equip them, profit will come second. And it always did. People love working for companies that they have a place in, that they actually can solidify themselves in their mission and they have a purpose. Well, those companies, this company, this couple companies in particular that we've worked with, well, we found out over a period of a few years, there was this erosion that happened where there was this adjustment in this refocus because leadership transition happened, new people moved into different leadership roles. And so the messaging began to shift and the behavior began to shift. And the focus then became, uh, was flipped on its back to, instead of people-centric, it was focused on the bottom line. (laughs) It was money-centric. So even though their core values never changed and then their mission never changed, the example that the leadership put into place did change and people didn't trust it. So all of a sudden you have people that have been successful that weren't being listened to 
that decide they're going to leave that have been there for a long time and have been uh, with them and, and provided them so many opportunities, uh, but they no longer want to be there. See, that is the attrition we do not want to have happen. Yeah, always people first. Obviously, every business, I mean, most businesses are in business to make money unless you're, uh, you know, a nonprofit or different entity. Um, but, you know, it's it's people first, right? That, that's huge. Always people first. Yeah. And that's huge. That's huge. I love it. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate uh, Lou Sherry for coming on the podcast this evening. If people want to get a hold of you, contact you, reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Right through our website, <laughs> uh, www.louevrettgroup.com. That is the fastest and easiest way. But then again, if you're social buff, we're also on social. Yep. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. So feel free to reach out to us. Uh, we got loads of great, good content. And, um, you know, just to just, just to help, love, love to follow, you know, reach out. Love to talk to you. Nice. And when do you guys plan to make that new book available? It is set for September of this year. So that is the goal. And as soon as as soon as we're on our book tour, we're going to let you all know. So if you like, you can have us back on. Awesome. Yeah, it's a good month. September's a good month. That's the month I was born. So All right. <laughs> That's awesome, guys. Well, I really do appreciate you both coming on this evening. It's been a pleasure. A lot of value here. So I um, appreciate you guys coming on tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely Thanks for having yeah. us, Adam. And like I said, if anyone's listening, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to talk to you. Lou, Sherry, it's been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, take care.